0: Like it, thank y'all very much. Got to be back with you guys this morning. Um, if you don't know me, I am Kirk, two K's, like the captain of the Starship Enterprise. Um, my parents were not Trekkies, um, so but I got the name anyway. So, uh, but I'm glad to be with you guys again this morning. Um, um, I don't know if you guys know much about personalities. Ever take any personality quizzes or or anything like that for yourself, knowing what any of that about you? Um, One of the things that changed my uh, really early on in my wife and I's marriage, one of the things that changed a lot uh, and really made a huge difference in my life was learning about personalities and figuring out that there are different personalities out there and that uh, people really aren't just being mean, they just have a different personality. And um, I remember it was a kind of a landmark day when uh, we did a little study um, and and learned about these four different personality types. And there's a bunch of different uh, there's a bunch of different tests that you can do and different surveys and studies that you can do on this. But we learned in the uh, probably the early, probably the mid 90s, my wife and I went through this, and we we learned um, that uh, there are basically four different personalities. And as we were learning this. We were learning about the people that were in our circles, and it started making a big difference when I realized you're acting that way because that's the personality type you have. It's not because you don't like me or you don't like my wife. It's because this is the personality that you have. Or you're acting this way because you're, you're standoffish because you're more introverted or you're more... Uh, you you know, you're, you're just, you're kind of that personality and it's not that you don't want to hang out with us. It's just, you're a little bit intimidated by the crowd or whatever it might be. And that really made a big difference in my life. And so, uh, I'm not going to, we're not going to spend a ton of time there, but I want to just kind of share with you real quickly the four quick personalities and I'll, we'll bring all this back together in a little bit, but, um, uh, but f- the, the 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 test that we took and like I said there are tons of these things out there one of the ones that I do in my counseling is is called 16 personalities and we can get into all of that in the deep woods of of all of that and if if you're halfway interested in any of that holler at me when we're done today and I will I'll get you connected with all kinds of personality studies and surveys and they're really pretty cool and they're they're uh, they're real telling about who you are and what and how God has created you, uh, but the one that 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 I did, that my wife and I did in the mid '90s was based on uh, Gary Trent and Gary Smalley's personalities surveys. If you've ever done any of these, they what they did was they divided it up into four different personality types, and it's basically it's loosely based on what's called the DISC survey. If you, again, if you've ever done any of this, but what they did that made this so um, connecting with me was they put these animals with it. So each personality type has an animal. So I'm able, my wife and I, to this day, even this past week, we identify people that are in our circles based on these animals, and it just helps us to be able to connect with them better. Uh, So let me tell you this real fast, and maybe you can identify yourself in one of these four personality types. And by the way, most people are kind of a combination of two, sometimes even three. Uh, and sometimes people are just real strong one type of personality. So don't get too too, too caught up if you can't figure out who you are. Uh, but basically, there are four personality types. One is the lion, the the lion personality type. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is the person that wants to take charge. Of course, he's the king of the jungle, right? The lion. He wants to take charge. He wants to be in charge. He has, uh, typically this personality type is a visionary. They, they, they see things bigger than everybody else sees them. They see the kind of where we're headed and how we're, how we're going to get there and maybe even more than anybody else. Probably the best way to demonstrate these four personalities is to, to think of this room as if it were some sort of little party going on. Okay. So we have, we have some games being played. We have maybe a punch bowl over here. We have some chairs set up. And uh, people are getting settled in, and they're having conversations, and they're just enjoying their their evening. And the lion comes in, and typically the lion, everybody will say, oh, so-and-so is here. I mean, they just know. This is a leader. This is somebody that very, very probably created this party. So, okay, we're going to have a party. And so here he comes or she comes into the room and everybody's just kind of drawn to him because they're the leader. Y'all know anybody like that? Or maybe you're like that? That's the lion personality. That's the positive side. The negative side of the lion personality is that they can sometimes be real process-oriented rather than people-oriented. They, they they come in and they think, you know, this thing is not going as well as it should. We really need to change things. We need to fix things. And and or if they come in here and they feel like somebody else is in charge, maybe they they kind of get a little bit jealous of that and they, you know, this is... This is something, I'm the, I'm the lion in here. You ever had two lions in one room? They don't exist very well together. And so a lot of times if you do have that one lion that comes in, he or she could kind of make things bad because he or she is not in charge. And So that's kind of the negative side of the lion. So do you, don't, don't answer this out loud, but do you potentially identify as a lion? Or maybe you are uh, more of the, uh, let's see which one to do next, the beaver personality type the beaver personality type is the personality that likes everything in a row that likes all their stuff together that likes that likes detail this might be somebody that's into that's, that's an accountant or somebody that, that you know is really into numbers or or really uh, intricate st- uh, strategies and processes and you know these little checkbox things um, this person comes into this party that we're having this person realizes all right that punch bowl over there it has 12 ice cubes in it. That's going to run out pretty soon. And so they are just itching. They just can't get past the idea that, man, who in the world put 12 ice cubes in the punch bowl? It needs to be a big old bunch of it in there. And they might even leave the party going and looking for more ice uh, because we've got to fix this problem. This is, a, this is a problem. See, lions love beavers because lions like to cast this big, person, this big party idea and then just kind of go, y'all take care of that. And the beavers come in and say, we would love to take care of that. So we're going to put the punch bowl over here. We're going to put 14 cubes of ice in it because 12 is not nearly enough. We're going to put five chairs over here because there's likely having a little, somebody's going to sit down and want to be over there. You know, So they, they like this. The, the negative side, the downside to a beaver is that a lot of times they get so caught up in the details that they forget to connect with people. And they, they, they get to where they just don't have that relationship with, uh, that, that that deep relationship with people. So that's a lion and a beaver. Do you identify yet with either of those or know somebody that are those types of personalities? The next one is the good old golden retriever. You ever had a golden retriever? The one that just kind of, the lap dog just lays around everywhere all the time and just... I mean, if you walk in the room and you're the owner of this golden retriever, you're about to get loved on because this dog just loves to. I mean, he'll come and sit down by you and lay his head in your lap and just be there for you. That's the golden retriever personality. That's the that's the one that comes into this party <clears throat> and um, will somehow or another they will be they will gravitate over to a wall somewhere and the person with the biggest problem in the room will find them and they'll sit and talk to them and this person will love them, they'll take care of them, they'll ask a bunch of questions, they'll get to the bottom of what the issue is. Man, I, I you know, and that's uh, that, that's that's where they live. They love these deep personalities. The downside to a Golden Retriever personality in this party is they can get overwhelmed with the fact that there are more than two people in this room. Uh, I, I don't know that I like that there are this many people. There's something subconscious in the Golden Retriever that says, um, That says, I got to have a deep relationship with everybody I know. And when you have 45 people at a party, it's intimidating because they think they got to get to know every single part. Subconsciously, they they do. So, do you identify with a lion, with a beaver, with a golden retriever? The final one, excuse me just a second, I'm going to turn this off so I can cough. Better. Thank you. The final one is um, the otter, Uh, the otter personality. You ever been to the zoo and seen the otters? That's where the fun is, right? That's where the fun zone, that's all about fun, the otter. Otter comes in this room, and he's about to turn the volume up on everything. Uh, He comes into this party, and life is about to get fun. Um, he doesn't care that, he, that there's somebody over here being ministered to by the Golden Retriever. He doesn't really necessarily need to know what the problem is over here. He just knows that the party needs to be pumped up a little bit. So he or she comes in the room, and it's about to get fun. Uh, they are all about the fun. They are all about helping people get past the idea that they, maybe they are having an issue, and let's forget that, and let's have some fun. And so that's a very positive side that there's only 45 people in this room with the otter. He's going to hear, he or she is going to want to get some more people. Let's bring some more people into this thing and let's have a good time. He or she can have relationships that are this deep uh, where the golden retriever is a relationship this deep. And so he or she is, they're having conversations and remembering all this stuff about everybody because that's just who he or she is. Uh, they are otters. The downside to an otter is very likely they're going to come in and not even realize there's a punch bowl over here. They don't have any idea there's a punch bowl over there. They don't care if there's ice in that or not. We're just here to have a good time. And they're very likely, most otters are very likely going to leave this party and leave their keys right there uh, because they just they are not thinking like that. They don't think about details at all. Otters drive beavers absolutely crazy because they just, they don't think. They just, they just well, you all just come in here and have a good time and you can't, you don't realize there's only 12 ice cubes over here. We've got to fix this problem. Do you identify with any of the four of those? Those are the four basic personalities. And again, most people are kind of a mixture of two, sometimes even three. And I could give you a little study um, and be happy to. I don't know why I didn't bring some with me, but I can definitely hook you up with some of those if, you, if that interests you at all. Um, changed my life knowing that information changed my life because my wife and I are pretty heavy golden retrievers we we are we are a few well I am I'm a few personality person want to go deep with people love to sit and chat I'm that guy that's sitting over there working through a problem with somebody I love to do that it intimidates me to come into a room of 50 people thinking well golly I got to I gotta hang out with everybody in here. My wife is kind of that way too, but she's more on the otter side. She's more of the fun loving kind of let's have a good time person, uh, which helps, it helps my relationship with a lot of people because she can do all that and I really can't. I'm just not wired that way. Um, so, uh, so we got that going on, but we had some really strong, what we turned out to be really strong lions in our lives and they would just come in and just roll over us and we didn't realize why are y'all so mean all the time? until I realized what personality type they had. They're not being mean. They're just being true to who they are as a personality. And they were coming in, and they were just kind of taking care of business. And so once we figured that out, man, our relationship totally changed with these people because we are really good together. We work really well together with these, with these folks. And, and so I started learning that, you know, we're all designed and we're all developed completely different. And we live in completely different worlds, and God created us exactly how he created us because he wants to have a relationship with us. And because you are somebody that is totally different from me, your wants and your needs are totally different than mine. And that's cool, and that's a great thing. There's a story told, and you don't have to turn here because I'm just going to allude to it real fast, but there's a story told in Mark chapter 10 of a guy named Bartimaeus. Y'all probably know this story about Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was blind, right? He was a blind beggar. And that's all they really say about who Bartimaeus was. Poor guy. I mean, that's your identity. You're a blind beggar. You know, that's all they have to say about you. I'm sure you had some other personality things going on, too. He may have been an ice counter, or he may have been a deep thinker, a deep lover of people, or whatever. But the only thing they really tell us is that he was a blind beggar. So one day, and again, I know you know this story, but one day... um, Jesus was coming to town. He was walking down the, the main strip in, in Bartimaeus' town. And everybody in the town knew Bartimaeus because he was at the same place every day doing the same thing. He was a blind beggar. Everybody knew his problem. Everybody knew his need. Everybody did. And so Jesus is coming down the road, and there's a couple of holes in the story. We don't exactly know how all this happened, but somehow or another his friends or his family or somebody would, they, they grabbed him and they said, Jesus is coming you need to come see this guy because he's been healing everybody and he can help you. So they, they get Bartimaeus up and they bring him over to Jesus and he is literally inches from Jesus. What a, what a fantastic, let's just pause there for a second. What a cool opportunity to be inches from Jesus. Um, Man, one day I'm going to be, uh, and that's going to be awfully cool. And here he was inches from Jesus and Jesus looks him in the face And he says the question that is the most absurd and the most profound question that can ever be uttered, and it's this. And I'm going to ask you this exact same question. Jesus, standing in front of Bartimaeus, looks at him and says, what do you want? What do you want? It can also be translated, what do you need Well, everybody in the town hardly went. What? What? Are you you crazy? This is a blind beggar. We know what he needs. We know what you've been doing. You've been healing people. Heal him. But Bartimaeus, again, holes in the story. I'm going to kind of. I'm. I'm. I'm creating some of this story, so I'm not adding to God's word. I'm just assuming some things here. But Bartimaeus probably stood there and thought, "Well, "Well, wow, I have the opportunity. I'm standing in front of Jesus. I have the opportunity." To ask for anything he wants to know what i want now he ultimately said that i may see and jesus granted him his wish he and he healed him um, but what do you want what do you need right now in your life you don't have to answer this out loud but right now in your life what, what what's your biggest need in your life some of you may say well you know everybody in the town knows my need but is that what you would tell jesus is that, is that the thing that you would say? Jesus were standing in front of you and said, Hey, what do you want? What do you need? And it's not a genie moment, it is a connecting moment with Jesus. What do you need? It, it, it's a question that, that we can really consider with this time of year as we if we enter the Christmas season and and we and thank y'all for the Christmas song, that was cool. Um, and we enter the Christmas season. And we start thinking about how Jesus came and he gave us everything that we could potentially need. Now think on this. Turn over to, if you will, uh, to Isaiah. We're just going to look at one verse today. We're just going to break this verse down. Uh, It's a verse that you've heard, again, a million times. But we're going to break this thing down. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, again, a verse you've heard a many, many times. If you know Handel's Messiah, you're about to sing along with me. But this goes like this. It goes, uh, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Would y'all pray with me real quick as we enter into uh, a teaching of God's word. God, thank you that you uh... that you give your word and that you make it clear and you make it plain and at the same time it is so deep and rich and complex that it pierces through the the, Into our soul, it says in Hebrews, it pierces to the the depths of who we are and it changes us. It's living and it's active. And so, God, I pray that this morning you would teach us what you would have us to know individually. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're just going to break this verse down. Again, you've heard this a million times, but we're just going to break it down. All right, first two words, unto us, for uh, for unto us, Um, unto us. This is a plural word. It's not one person. God did not send Jesus for one person. He did not send it for a select group of people. It's not just for the 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 Israelites. It was not just for the Hebrew children. It was not just for the Jewish people. Uh, it is unto us. It is all of us. This word is an encompassing word. If you flip over, you don't have to, but if you flip over to Luke chapter 2 and read the account of Jesus, the, uh, when Jesus was born, the, when he was, when the angels came and they were speaking to the shepherds, they said, for, for unto you, and that word you is also plural, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto you, unto y'all, we would say here in Arkansas, uh, unto y'all is born this day a Savior who is, Christ born, no, who is Christ the Lord. That comes directly from this passage. That's where the angels, were they were, weren't quoting it, but they were referencing the, this verse, uh, this, this prophecy that happened, that happened hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Unto us a child is born. Uh, a child is born. And I think about this. For me, one of the greatest miracles that proves who God is, is childbirth. Um, we've all witnessed, or we've all been a part of, and had an account of childbirth. So think about this. It's, it's one of the craziest things in the world. You, uh, how in the world are two humans created, male and female, and can reproduce a child, a baby, who, listen to this, every single one that has ever been born since the beginning of time has been different now think on that I mean every child is a miracle every single one of them they're totally different they're totally unique they have a total total different set of talents and personalities. there's that word again they have a totally different set of that they also have a totally different set of issues troubles and 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 problems in their life and all of that all of that is a unique makeup and to me the 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 most obvious and and indisputable um, uh, fact that there is a God because we see that in a miracle of childbirth unto us a child is born that's the greatest and coolest thing to me uh, in the world but the next the next phrase unto us a child is born unto us a son is given now think on this I uh, will run back to the mid 90s when, when I was talking about my personality discovery that, that we figured out. During that time, also, we were, we kind of ran in a group of about, oh, I was about five or six couples of us. And my wife and I were, we we're a couple of years younger than the rest of them. So all of them were in their baby having stages. And I, I was fascinated again, the, the, the simple fact that there's a baby coming into this world and all of a sudden he or she is starting to breathe and cry and need food. And, and, and I mean, it was, it was a huge miracle and so fascinating to me. And then my wife got pregnant and my wife had a child and had another one a couple of years later and it shifted. If this thing was not just a child, this was my daughter. I mean, this was, this was so much cooler than having a child born to us. This was my daughter. And things changed. I mean, things changed. Um, they're in their mid-20s now, and they still have me wrapped around their finger. I love my daughters. And I don't love every child on this planet. I love them because God calls me to love them. But I don't have this intense affection for every, everybody on the planet, but I do for these two because those are mine. See the difference a child is born? That's a miraculous sign of God, but this is a son. God says, this is my son. Let's flash forward to John 3:16. "For God so loved the world that He gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him won't die, they won't perish, but they'll have eternal life. Uh, his, only, his only son. This is not just a child. This is a son. This is Jesus, and the government will be on his shoulders. As we keep reading through this verse, the government will be on his shoulders. <clears throat> uh, back then, they had um, all the government leaders, the the political leaders of the day. Um, in, in some, in, not in every culture, but in, in many cultures, uh, it was very uh, uh, it was part of their culture to wear the. Their, their leadership signet on their shoulder, literally. You've seen, and they kind of have fast-forwarded that a little bit into our, in our culture today. Some of the, the European governments, you've seen those little tassel things they wear over their shoulders. It's the same thing. I don't really understand what tassels are for, but it's a mystery to me. But uh, they have these little tassel things that they wear over their shoulders. That's, it's kind of the same idea. But back then, on their robes and on their royal garments, they would have the, I'm, I'm the leader, Kind of, kind of stuck right there on their shoulder. I'm, this is, I'm, I'm in charge. If y'all need anything, it's me. That's what this verse is kind of alluding to. The government will be on Jesus' shoulders, on this child, on this son, unto us. This child, the son. The government will be on his shoulders. It actually has a couple of different meanings if you think about it this way. That he will be branded like the governmental leaders at the time. That he will be branded um, the, the leader, you'll see it, you'll know it. Um, and that may be alluding to his, uh, as people were looking up to him on the cross, that, that kind of thing, you will see it and you'll know it, but also it's, it's, it symbolizes the weight of the world as he was trying to hold it. Um, you know, when something's really heavy for me, I've, i okay. Uh, we have two little dogs in our house, and I'll run to Walmart and I'll get the, I'll, I'll be dumb enough to go buy the 50 pound bag of dog food for them, and not get a cart in Walmart, which is, I don't know, 12 acres across from where I need to check out, and um, so I'll go back there and I'll, well, why didn't I get a cart? I'm gonna get this 55 pound. It's actually, I think it's, it's different. I think it's 50 now or whatever it happens to be. But I'll start carrying it, and I'll get tired of it. And so halfway through the store, I'll throw it up on my shoulder. makes me feel real farmhand guy, you know, which I'm not. But it makes me feel real strong and mighty. But it's a lot easier to carry something like that on your shoulder, right? Same idea here. The government will be on his shoulders. The responsibilities of everyone will be on his shoulders. And then go farther, and you guys know this story. The sins of the world will rest on his shoulders. As he dies for us on the cross, so he, his, he so, so he he does this for us, and he 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 takes on this stuff for us. And we don't have time right now, but if we went back into the the account of Daniel, as Daniel is forecasting who Jesus was and who he's who he is going to be uh, one day, Daniel says not only is he the the one that's going to carry uh, all of our burden and our sorrow. But this is, a, this, is, this, is a, this is a son, this is a child who has been here forever. And, Dan, and Daniel calls him the Ancient of Days. And I, and I just love that phrase. Because, see, this is not just a child. This is not just a baby. This is not just an infant that's crying. This is God. And he is the Ancient of Days. And I do not understand how God can exist in three forms, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I I don't know how that, my brain just cannot do that, but I accept it. And so this little baby, even though God's calling him his son, this is God. And that's a theological moment for another time, and we can stay there a long time too. But Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this is God. This is the ancient of days, even though he is moments old. He is the ancient of days. Don't miss that. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Um, <clears throat> and the government will rest on his shoulders. And then he calls out his name. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, a lot of versions like to break this up into Wonderful, comma, Counselor. There's no comma there. But it is worthy of our slowing down long enough to look at both of these words. Uh, his name will be called Wonderful. 1 Timothy 3.16 says this, Without question... This is the gift uh, this is the great mystery of our faith that Christ was revealed in human body vindicated by the spirit he was seen by angels he was announced to the nations he was believed uh, he was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory wonder after wonder after wonder that's what wonderful means Okay? We're going to say over the course of the next next month, oh, what a wonderful gift that is. You gave me house shoes this year. That's so wonderful. And that's fine. Don't Don't stop using the word, but start thinking about this word. It is full of wonder. Those house shoes really full of wonder? P- probably not. The way Jesus came, full of wonder. I mean, it makes you step back and go, What in the world, how in the world did that happen? I am, I'm full of wonder. He will be called wonderful. He'll be called counselor, wonderful counselor. Romans chapter 11 says, oh, the depth of the, of the riches, uh, this is a uh, Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, and how inscrutable His ways. Thirty four says, "For who has known the mind of the Lord?" That's wonder. And then he says, "Or who has ever been His counselor?" He is the wonderful counselor. He needs no counsel. He is available to counsel. And he is wonderful. He is full of wonder. He is the think think about this. <clears throat> this is the God of the universe who came in baby, or who came in human form, is a child. Later, we talk about in the later part of the New Testament, we usher in the idea of the Holy Spirit. So it's all the same. So you have this baby who is now he's wonderful he has um he has been given all this power he doesn't know it now in his baby form yet but that we're talking about this morning but as he grows and as he has connection with us today he can be our wonderful counselor and yet we choose so many times to grab our counsel from tv from our friends I don't know if you're on social media or not, but too many of us are getting counsel from our social media and trying to figure out, why am I not like him? Why am I not like her? Why do they always have fun on their trips? And I don't have fun on my trips. We're, We're grabbing counsel from the wrong places. There's a God that loves you. There's a God of the universe who has made himself available for us, and yet we don't tap into his wonderful counsel. He's also called the mighty God. He's called the mighty God. That word "mighty." <clears throat> in the Hebrew is the word Gabor," and it actually means hero. He is the hero God. Now think on that. He is not just God, but he is the God that can win everything. He's the hero God. When I was in ninth grade, um, we went to a, um, I, was, uh, I was on the track, the track team uh, in my high school. And we went to attract me and I went back to our bus for something I don't really remember what it was um, and so I went back to the bus and somebody followed me on that bus now when I was in ninth grade I wasn't this huge bulky man that you see standing in front of you today oh no, no I was 5 foot 2 and I weighed about 98 pounds and I stepped onto this bus and um this guy followed me on from another team i still to this day don't know what he wanted but I, he wanted something either my money or he just wanted to pulverize me for some i don't really know what he wanted but he stepped on this bus and my first instinct was oh no i don't know that i gonna be able to take this guy if in my five foot two 98 pounds so here he came and then all of a sudden i felt a calm and i felt an ease and I felt a peace, and this guy started advancing toward me. And I looked. The reason I felt the calm and the peace is because I looked over his shoulder, and a senior from our team, who ended up playing offensive line for the Razorbacks, was standing right behind him. He was six foot five and weighed two eighty five, and he was standing right behind this guy. And there I was, and he was my friend. And there I was. And I said, "You can't do anything to me. There's nothing you can do to me." And about that time, David, this guy, David Smart was his name. Y'all may know David. He played for the Razorbacks for a little while. But uh, David reached out and grabbed this guy by the shirt and just pulled him back out of the bus. He was a hero. He was my hero. I had nothing to fear, not one thing. David Cook came in, and he took care of the needs of my life. He took care of the things, the details that I needed to be taken care of because I could not do this. He was a mighty friend. We serve a mighty God. And my friends, sometimes when that thing that's standing right in front of you seems like it is too big to handle, look over his shoulder and look for the mighty God who wants to help in that situation. And lastly, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. You know somebody that when they walk in the room, everything just gets calm. He or she just brings a calm to the room. You ever had anybody like that? Maybe even in your childhood. Maybe it was a parent or a, uh, an uncle or a, just an older sibling that okay, I'm kind of tense right now, but uh, but you know there's there's that guy or there's that lady, and you know I guess it's going to be okay. And they just have this this sense of peace, this sense of calm over them. the 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 word um, uh, the word peace in the Old Testament, of course, you know, is shalom, uh, and that that word actually. Uh, it is translated peace, but it's also translated um, with this word tranquil. And so many people have created this, have, the, have this idea that shalom actually is the, is the root word of the tranquilizer. Somebody that just brings a calm to your life. And not shuts your brain down and lays you down like a pill of a tranquilizer would. But, but a, just somebody that comes in and makes everything tranquil. God is that. Have you ever had a moment in your life where it was just, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know. I I cannot let this go. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. And I just can't let this go. There is a tranquilizer in the form of the Prince of Peace waiting for us. So back to my question after Bartimaeus, what do you need? What do you need in your life right now? What do you want? Jesus is standing right in front of you and he says, I am, I am Jesus. I can do anything in this world for you. And I'm promising you there is a Jesus. There is a Holy Spirit standing in front of you at any given moment saying, I am the God of your life. What do you need? Maybe you need something from those four personalities that we talked about. Maybe you need a, um, maybe you need a a golden retriever God in your life. Jesus says, or or Isaiah says, he is the wonderful counselor. He's the one that's going to go sit over there with you and say, pour your heart out to me. I'm here for you. I have everything that you need. I will listen and I will help and I will work you through this. Maybe you need a lion in your life. He says that he is the mighty God. He's the hero. He's the one that's going to cast the vision. He's the one that's going to he's the one that's going to deal with the issue. He is the mighty God. He is bigger than anything else in your life. He is the lion personality. He is the lion of Judah, it says. He is this personality for you. Or maybe you need that beaver personality maybe you just need somebody to to check all the boxes and say i here are all the things that you need today my dad used to do this for me my dad used to be the guy that says okay i know you're thinking to go about going this way but have you thought about this have you considered this and i tell you what i'm gonna come alongside you i'm gonna pay for that i'm gonna take care of that for you this says that he is the he is the everlasting father He's the everlasting father. He's the one that's going to come alongside you and say, I'm always present. I'm always here. I'm going to take care of the, the needs for you. He loves you deeply. Or maybe you need that peace in your life, that, that, that tranquilizer in your life. Maybe you need that calm in your life. Um, one, of the, one of the people in my life that is the biggest otter personality, that's just the, that, that fun personality, when they come in the room, You know, it just helps me shift my focus from my problem to my solution. You know, a couple of weeks ago, if you guys were here, we talked about focusing and focusing on joy. If we can focus on that joy, we can't look necessarily at our issues. They don't go away necessarily, but it takes our focus off of problems and onto solutions. And that's, what being a, that's what having a prince of peace in your life is like. And that otter personality that just shifts the focus from the details and the problems and the struggles and shifts the focus to, you know what, let's just relax. And let's just have fun. And let's just know that there's, a, there's somebody bigger and stronger and more powerful out there that can take care of all of our needs. What do you need? Jesus is Everything. That you need, and He will supply you with everything that you need. Not necessarily, maybe everything that you want, because what I want, I probably don't need. And so He allows me. Uh, Proverbs 34 says that uh, if we will delight ourselves in the Lord, that He will give us the desires of our hearts. And what I think that means is as we delight ourselves in the Lord, as we participate in his goodness and his greatness, and I get to know him, I'm discipled by him, I become more like him. He doesn't give me that $10 million that I want. He gives me desires in my heart that I need. And he removes those desires that I don't need. So his desires become my desires. So what do you need? This Christmas season, I encourage you, I implore you, I, I dare you to go to a holy God when, when you need uh, a wonderful counselor, to turn to a God when you need a mighty God, to turn to him when you need an everlasting father, and turn to him when you need a prince of peace. He is everything that you need. And then share that whole idea with somebody else and help them see that Jesus is what they need as well. Would you pray with me as we close this morning? God, thank you that you truly are everything that we need and you truly supply everything that we uh, could possibly want. Um, And and God, we know that as we delight ourselves in you, as we uh, answer that question of what do we need, you are everything that we need. So God, as we turn to Christmas this year, as we start looking down the road of... Of the busyness of the season and what, what gifts we're going to buy and how are we going to handle this this year's celebration and getting together with friends and family and God all the details that come about it and honestly the the frustration even that we have with some of that God I pray that we can truly focus on You and we can truly tell other people about You during this season and know that we can and we do have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Thank you again for that, Lord. I pray that you'll just bless us today and uh, allow us to feel your, your peace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, guys.